All right, let's get it cracking, all right? All right. All right. This is the Soul Music in My System podcast. We highlight the unsung and the forgotten in 80s and 90s music. We read a lot of liner notes. Uh, today's topic is underrated albums of the 80s and 90s. So in here we have Cheryl Sweet Lady Dunlap, a Soul Sweet Radio, WRLR 98.3. Say what up, Cheryl. What up, everybody? Then we have Barry B-Side back with the B-Side master and the music <laughs> connoisseur. Say what up, Barry? Platinum Fox. <laughs> Platinum Fox. And then we got Jim Z, also known as Bad, Bad. Simmons, producer, songwriter, music connoisseur. Say what up, Bad? What up, y'all? <laughs> then uh, me, Ronzel Newsom. I dabble in music and beats a little bit. But... Uh, you modest. Yeah. So we're going to get this uh, cracking. Who want to start <laughs> off first? So our topic today will be underrated albums of the 80s and 90s. And I know we um we conversated offline about this a little bit. So we know a little bit of what everybody got in line. So let's go. Bad, what you got? All right, man. So let me see. My list was number one. Jamie Foxx, Peep This. Uh, one of my favorite albums that summer when it came out. Songs like If You Love Me, Summertime was just my jam. And I know they released Experiment and uh, Infatuation, which were cuts, but the piano-driven songs by Jamie was off the chain. Um, Experiment was my joint, too. Dude, uh, the, the, and the visuals, too. The video was, like, actually quite ill. Um, but Infatuation, man, it got me because it came out of nowhere. Like, we, I knew the album was coming out because I remember the promo that he did on our CD Hall show. But you never knew when. And when the song came out and it was like you listened to it, you were like, man, this dude kind of sound familiar because, you know, he sang it all in comedy shows. Then all of a sudden it was like, whoa, wait a second. Hey, that's Jamie Foxx. Right. Was <laughs> it with the vocals, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean... That first album to me has always been so so underrated. Could it could have done more if he had a record company, a real record behind him, and not a movie record company behind him. I thought uh, my next album was Gina Thompson. Nobody does it better. Things you do, bad boy remix. Everybody know Puffy jumping around. Young Missy misdemeanor Elliot before she just dropped into Missy. You know, saying that's when Missy was like this hot underground songwriter that everybody wanted to get a hold of. You know, heard about Sister, but never got a chance to see Sister. So, everything Missy was doing at that time, people were dropping. And Gina Thompson had that young Rodney Jerkins on the production, who was so. I think that I think that kind of put her on right there. Who, uh, Missy? That remix kind of put her on a little bit. Yeah. When Puff put her on that. Yeah, because I think Puff had that, that connection with them with the Basement Days when they was up under Devontae and Jodeci. Uh, you know, back then. When Devontae had them all cuffed up, you know, it was her, Genuine, Timberland, Magoo, right. included Static, and Static. Wow. Ooh. So, like, they, they, they had a crew. Um, my third album was the Aaron Hall Inside of You album. Um, mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ready or Not, like, man, he just, he has some jams on there. And then he had production by, um, hold on, I wrote it down in my notes, a young Malik Pendleton, 
who is known for finding my way, which yeah. is a classic undercover cut from 702 on that last album, on their first album, Stilo, and yeah. Days by Mary on that uh, second, on that Share My World album she had. Um, and then Emmanuel Seal, who did My Little Secret from Escape and I Gotta Be by Jack Dead. Like, yeah. he had. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Emmanuel Seal was big on the underground yeah. Atlanta sound. He did. He was. He's underrated too. Yeah, he is. That was uh. That was Dupree's boy. Yeah. Yeah. That was Dupree's boy. And then my my last album, man. You know that I want to talk about this a uh, young killer that most people overlook this album. And going back and listen to it, I can't lie to y'all. I love this album. It's the first DeBarge out. The DeBarge. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, the one with What's Your Name on there? Yes. And that yeah. is my jam. What's Your yeah. Name? Yeah. And Share My Heart. My Heart. Yeah. Share My Love. Yeah. Them was, yeah. yeah that, that album right there. Which one, which, which one they put on another album? Queen of My Heart, they put on another album too. Yeah. Share My World and Queen of My Heart, I think they doubled down on the. Um, it went on yeah. the, uh, the last album. Third one, yeah. Share my world went on the third album. Yeah, uh, very well on there. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But the 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 what's your name song, man? I listened to that the other day. I was like, wait, why didn't this do anything? <laughs> like they told me like, this album was a flop as far as Motown yeah. was concerned in the bars. And I heard that what's your name song and the backgrounds on it. Please. Yeah, they yeah. was killing. They was killing that background. I, I, I think I had just graduated high school when that song dropped. That was like eighty hey. three. Did, did did Bobby produce that? Did Bobby produce it? That was the name. I think it was L. L was doing all the producing, wasn't he? Yeah, if I'm mistaken. Okay, it's it's Bobby Bunny and L. Yeah. Bobby yeah. Bunny and L on what's your name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. L was young. He was young too. Yeah, L had that that gift, that ear, man. He could just sit down and play. Like he's probably one. Even though he's like, I think he's heralded by people like us, but he's probably one of the most underrated artists out there because yeah. people overlook his the mid years where it's like, where's my love and can't get enough. Like they overlook. Yeah. Them songs didn't exist. Like every yeah. time L, they go from like that second album straight to like whatever he's doing right now. You know, with wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm looking at the personnel for that album, dude. They had on on the instruments Nathan East on bass, Paul right. Jackson on guitar. Wow, yeah. Bobby Mason on drums. Bobby Mason. Uh, Ollie Brown from uh, what was his little group? Uh, uh, Ali and uh, 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 they had they had one big hit, didn't uh, Jerry and Ali, wasn't it? Jerry, Jerry and Ali, Ali on drums. Man, they had a monster crew uh, on the music. I never knew. Mm. Michael yeah. Boddicker on synthesizers. Wow, Michael Boddicker, part of that Michael Jackson thing, that whole scene, too. Mm -hmm. the Quincy. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Like yeah. my my question to you, Barry, 
in that in, in context, I think around there, what, four and five, when that actually came out. What did you say again? <laughs> me, me and Rosie were probably six or five and seven when that came out. Like, you guys, <laughs> when that came out, like, in content, can you explain that that album, like, that, that DeBarge album coming out in content? Well, and I think Cheryl can speak for, you know, we've always been music aficionados, you know. I don't say fan, because we adore music. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, them riding on the wave of the older brothers. Yes. It was you know, uh, I really thought it was Switch. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. We, we really thought it was Switch. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I used to belong to a music club back in the day, and they used to send me, like, 45s. Uh, and so when I got this, I kept looking. I was like, the barge, the barge, the barge. So Bobby, Bobby must have went solo. Mm-hmm. But then later on, uh, I was like, queen of my heart. I was like, that's not Switch. That's the younger siblings. I would agree. So then we couldn't wait for the album to drop to see what else was on there, you know. So, you know, we, we were we were young, too, but, you know, we were, like, musically inclined because we, we had ears for music. So we would sit down Absolutely. in the basement and just dissect mm-hmm. songs. Absolutely. You know. But I think I would, I would just add to that and say, like, it was that excitement because, you know, of coming off of Switch and Switch being such a instrumental group, late 80s, late 70s, early 80s. Um, That was just a part of our staple. So for um, the next generation and to see, you know, what they were going to do, like the sound we were already in love with. So I think that DeBarge was just, they were really an updated version of Switch, but just with girls, you know what I mean? Just with a female, you know what I'm saying? So we had love for them no matter what, like regardless of what it sounded like, we probably would have loved it and supported it. It just turned out to be good. Right, right. You know, it just turned out to be good. Okay. Cheryl, you want to go next? Mm, sure, I can go <laughs> next. Um, all right. So, you know, you guys really sweeten the pot when you said add extra, and then that became that just made it really, really <laughs> difficult. But um, I did add a couple to them. So I'll just start with uh, the first song that I, I have was uh, Loose Ends, uh, Zagora. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like is it's under, I just feel like Loose Ends in general is um, underrated. Um, I think it was on, it, it came out at a time where um, MTV was finally, you know, rotating. Mm-hmm black music and introducing us to the R&B, you know, the British R&B and, you know, besides rock and all different kinds of music, we discovered, you know, through MTV, but to see R&B at that time was really cool. Um, Jane Eugene, uh, nobody has a voice um, like hers, just that, period. Hold on, that, um, that was the lead, sing, lead singer? Yeah, yes. her name is Jane. 
changing. Yeah. Um, This particular album, I feel like, is just full of uh, number one hits. And, you know, uh, with with Barry, we talk about, you know, the B-sides, which are usually the songs on the album that don't make it to the radio. This, it it was either you could call it an album full of B-sides because everything was great, or you can just say it was an album that I felt like every song was a number one song. Like there was not a, it was not, yeah, it wasn't one that you skip and be like, uh, most of the songs are okay, but it's one or two, not every single song um, was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, I think they were really the part of the beginnings of, I don't know, kind of the neo soul because that, that was a different sound, different sound for us um, in 86. And when I think about this song and just what music was like at that particular time, um, that in the eighties, when we're talking about underrated albums, that was a time period where we were listening to everything. We were listening to reggae. We were listening to rap, jazz. You know, like, if it was good music, it didn't matter. Rock, you know, pop. It could be folk. Like, whatever it was, if it was good music, um, we listened to it. Um, because we are the the rap babies. You know, like, for real. Wait, wait, tell about So, um... Loose <laughs> is the UK Stop the Rain. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You can't stop the rain. Yeah. You didn't know that? No. I didn't know where that sample came from, man. What? But I didn't know where it came from. But they did. Oh. And this is on one of my favorite joints because hanging on strings. Oh, my oh, yeah. gosh. The sonics. Ridiculous. The sonics. Yes. You listen to it like in headphones, like back and in the stereo headphones. Pick with your ears when they came on. That you know that that first album is kind of really like underrated with hanging on a string. It they is. had some real they had some real jazzy cuts on there. They did, and it was a very hard decision to ch- to choose between the two because yeah. we've Bad and I have had this conversation recently. You know, between uh, if I had to choose my favorite album of Prince, you know, it would be between Parade and Sign of the Times, and it kind of fluctuates. Yeah. you know, back and yeah. forth. You know. So it was very difficult to to choose, but um, I think their sound they perfected their sound, and sometimes the it's the starving artist's first album that's so great, like make it last forever, like never right. ever repeat it again. Um, this is that album where every like they probably should have split these songs up and put them on different albums because they just put out an album a straight. Just bangers. It's incredible. Um, the lyrics to You Can't Stop the Rain. Uh, like, man. Sure, you remember I used to sing that all the time? Yes, <laughs> yes, I remember. That's oh my gosh, but just being an older person now and looking at those lyrics and they're pretty motivational, inspirational, like, those are really deep lyrics. Yeah. Um, one of the best <laughs> concerts I've ever attended. Um, man they're incredible they still got it um my second album um hmm my second album is Najee's uh Tokyo Blue I listened to that yesterday 
That's came out in 1990. Man, I put my headphones on, man, and poured me a cocktail. And before I knew, man, my eyes was closed. And I was like, wow, man, this album was phenomenal. It, it was it was extremely extremely awesome. Um, it was Najee's third album that dropped in um, 1990, and um, the features um, on that album with uh, specifically um, Freddie Jackson's uh, yep. Superwoman, yep. which is a Stevie Wonder remake, which is incredible. Um, and Freddie Jackson had a pretty signature you know, voice at that particular time. Was um, that, where, were, where were you when I needed you? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. He kills it. He, he kills it. He kills it. Like, Freddie Jackson's vocals. His whole career is underrated. Man. man he's still man. putting out albums, though. He's still... I just, I just got, like, three albums from him that came out, like, 14, 16, and, and, and 19. Uh, 18, one of them. Still, st and, and he got some new producers. Oh, man, he's banging now. Is he? Might have to check he, that out. His voice is incredible, and it was very difficult because uh, Barry knows how much Freddie Jackson. Like, my daughter don't want to hear Freddie Jackson because my little red car, Barry, you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freddie Jackson <laughs> played 24-7 in my little red, uh, my little red car, my first car. Um. I'm a huge Freddie Jackson fan, but um, that that particular album, Tokyo Blue, I think um, really was a part of the shift for me to um, re-embrace um, jazz, jazz music, contemporary jazz, uh, yeah. smooth jazz, whatever you call it. I think um, that was kind of the beginnings towards uh, the direction of what is now probably called uh, smooth jazz. And um, which really led me in the beginnings of my radio career to work at um, NUA. My next, my next album um, that I feel like is underrated is um, House of Music by Tony, Tony, Tony. Oh. Ooh. Underrated. Uh -huh. Underrated. Holy smoke. <laughs> we You dug wow. for that one right there, man. You dug for that one. Uh. That album I'm still a man. I'm, I'm still a man. Uh, don't cry. Man. Uh, uh, that you said first, my cut already, though. You said the intro, the intro joint. You know, I've been thinking of you. Thinking of you. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Is that not Al Green revisited or what? Everybody, hey, I work at Play by Play that came out. And yes. Everybody came through and said, can I get that Al Green song? And I used to be like, what are y'all talking about? That Al Green song they playing on the radio right now. It's, it's blowing yeah. up. And I'd be like, sing it. They start singing, thinking, you. I'm like, okay, that's not Al Green. That's Tony, Tony, Tony. That's, Tony, that's Tony, how Tony. much it was Al Green in, in, in due song. They thought it was Al Green. When they found out it was Tony, Tony, it sold even more. <laughs> even quicker. Because they was like, wait, sure. Tony, Tony, these young boys, Tony, give it here. I mean, I used to sell yeah. that when it yeah. came out. Oh, yeah, my, my joint on there to was, me, Holy, that was uh, Holy Smokes and G Wiz. Mine was too. Smokes and Wiz? Oh, yes. Uh, oh, yes. Holy Smokes and G Wiz. I'm between that and Wild Child. Yeah. yeah. That and Wild yeah. Child, I kind of fluctuate. I know yeah. you've been 
Since oh, the real man for oh. a while. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Wow. Hey, you know what, Cheryl? That is a whole right. album that you can let run. That that's is a, that's a whole album. Just, just let it run. I agree. Oh, oh, I get really, like, that's the, that's the album that that is an experience to me. That when you put on the very first note, you in an experience until it's yes. all the way. Man. And okay, I think you're really when, excited when, about this album. That's when <laughs> Raphael was basically taking his shift yep. into the old soul. That album right there, and right after that, he, he went solo. Yep. This is it's a couple things about this album. Um, I think every single song was a tribute to a 70s artist. Yes. Um, yes. And I don't think it's ever been discussed specifically who all like no one has ever like really broken it down to kind of see who but it's all classic because you hear the shy lights and you hear blue magic like you hear so many old school artists in that particular album you know what next that's time a, that's you, a discussion all by itself next time you interview him or next mm -hmm. time you get close to him that's a mm -hmm. discussion that i would like to hear you talk about on yes. your show or whatever that album, do who were you channeling? Exactly. And we already know the first track was Al Green, but after that, because it had to be some, because that's straight 70 soul. I hear Earth, Wind, and Fire in it. Like yeah, I hear yeah, so sure. many different artists there. Um, and the, uh, the interesting thing is that it is rumored that, you know, that's when they were falling out. Yeah. So they weren't actually all present for that album. And so they, and I don't know if it's true, you know, so. It's true. They did, well, it at, they did it at separate times. Yeah. Yes, and then they mixed well, it together. Well, Randy broke that down. Randy broke that down. He, he talked about that in the documentary. Exactly, exactly. So I feel like that was the album of maturity. You know what I mean? Like you saw, we witnessed, of course, them mature with every album, but for them to go revisit, you know, the, the, the 70s, so, and make it um, appeal to everybody, you know, from top notch to, like, Ooh. every single song was appealing to every single genre of people. Young people like that album, older people like that. Like, they had really entered that realm of you gonna be around for a long time and perform for a long time yeah. and have a very diverse audience of black, white, Spanish, you know, like multi-ethnic um, and various, you know, decades. Incredible piece of music to me. Hey, you know, I was told one time, this is back there, that uh, right before that album, uh, the one, one of the things that kind of started that division Remember that song that Raphael Sadiq did by himself, Ask of You? Mm -hmm. Soundtrack? Mm-hmm. Originally, it's either that song or uh, You Should Be Here, but I think it's that song. That, okay. Uh, I was in Atlanta uh, chopping it up with uh, Ray, who does the drum patterns for... Uh, actually, it was Ray and Sleepy Brown, who do the drum patterns for Organized Noise. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. At my friend Paulie's house down in, uh, in Atlanta, Paulie Calhoun. And they were sitting at the table, and I'm ear hustling. 
So, uh, I wish I would have known you back then. <laughs> the, uh, I was there. I was there that whole movement. Was it? Yeah, I, I was down there a lot then. Um, so they, what, what was what it was was like when he got ready to do that song. That was supposed to be a Tony, Tony, Tony song, and and uh, one of them, and I'm gonna say I believe it was Dwayne. This that's just my speculation, but one of them told him that everything you do is not a hit. Mm. And, uh, solo. Mm-hmm. And, and that was right before they started to do the album, the, the, the House of Soul album. And that's kind of what caused everybody to kind of, well, I'll just do the song to submit, uh, you know what I'm saying, what I want. And then, you know, because they were basically getting ready to do other stuff. Somebody was like, no, nah, we still need to pull together for a Tony, Tony, Tony album. But I think after that, you know, it happened at the I ain't just start dividing mugs up. You're like, you can go over here. You can go. You can go. I'm Dwayne. <laughs> and you know, and, and if you remember, now, the Poetic Justice soundtrack, mm-hmm. they had that joint waiting on you. Yeah. But that wasn't, I don't, I don't think Raphael was featured on that track because that, that, all of that came out at the same time, didn't it? Both of them soundtracks came out like, like right around the same time, didn't it? Yeah. And higher, uh, uh, they had a they had a track on the higher learning soundtrack too. What that well, what, that was that was asking you, wasn't it? That was my track too. That sound was so different. Yeah. Sound so different. Raphael's sound. Yeah. That was some. Uh, that was some early neo. Definitely. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Asking you definitely was. He was ahead of his time, man. I mean, you know. He he was basically setting a bar to me, man. You know, and 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 the stuff that he was doing by himself, and and look who he was bringing up with him, like Lettucey. Lettucey was singing background with him back in the day. Mm. He buys, yes. You know that different times that that joint right there, different times on 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 his first solo album, Sky. Can you hear me? Uh, man, it's, it's, that dude had a gift, man. He still got a gift. Yeah, yeah. Cheryl, you got another one? Um, I need to do a female because I don't have any uh, ladies. Uh, um, I would say that the next one, I'm going to do my Sade promise, um, like I said before. Um, 1986, um, she really had a very signature dis- distinctive sound never gonna hear a voice like uh, hers um, second album um, and I think that this is the album that she really kind of perfected her sound and you had uh, a, a display of all the different directions I think this album gave us an indication of where she was going to go in her career so if you look at listen to anything current you can kind of come back to promise and see like okay I could see that why she went you know this particular direction um How another miss her though Jesus man I know somebody who can miss her we miss her. We miss her. And there's like rumors, rumblings that she's coming back, but we don't know. Um, is it a crime? Sweetest Taboo um, are probably the more popular songs off the album, but 
the real songs, uh, the the B-sides, like for real, it was, yeah. the rest of the album was definitely B-sides. So um, one of my, oh, Is It a Crime? One of my all-time favorite songs. Uh, yeah, she just and, introduced and, her own lane. She's got her own lane, own yeah. category, own everything. Yeah. Like you just, like Anita Baker, it's just some people, they got their own lane. Nobody's even trying to touch them because they can't. Mm-hmm. As good as the first time was my joint on there. Oh, there. See, it was, yeah, good songs on it. I still feel like it's underrated because if you see her in concert, she doesn't do as many songs from this particular album, but um, full of great hits. So that's my third one. I'm gonna let my other ones go. If we have time. I'll do my honorable mentions later. Go ahead, Barry. Okay. B-side well, Barry, I, what B-side Barry got? You know, I bring it to y'all from the from the older perspective. You know, uh, like we talked about yesterday, Rome. Rome. Rome's yeah. first album. That was that was a, a album you could just let. He was part of that neo soul movement. Um, I belong to you, heaven. Uh, man, I'm 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 saying he. He was like a watered down version of a, a Teddy Pentagrass. <laughs> yeah. He had that strong raspiness. <laughs> that, al- that album really didn't really get no play. You know, I, I, I mean, it's a shame because that's all they played on, on Quiet Storm was I Belong to You. Yeah. And that, that was a big song. Mm-hmm. Surpri- surprisingly, that was a big song. But the album after that, did they even come with a second single? Oh well, yeah. He on, on do it. He can't. I I think they they played one. Uh, I can't remember which one it was. Uh, see if I can find. Can we get down? That that was that was his next, uh, off his next project. But just that that whole Rome project, man. I don't even remember. Do you like this crazy love just once, once more, three times? Yeah, he has some joints. The real the, the remake to uh Bobby Womack, that's the way I feel about you. Man, just that's classic, man. Yeah. I don't think I ever listened to that album, so I gotta go back yeah. and I, I used to I used to run that back in ninety-six a little bit. Yeah, y'all, y'all go Jack. back and listen to it. Y'all go back and listen to it. Do you like go this? Ahead. I remember that song too. Do you like this? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, crazy, crazy love was a champ. Yeah, it was. <laughs> crazy. It was. <laughs> people, people slept on it because they only played that one song. But yeah. you had to be a real music fan in order to appreciate that album because it really was a love album. Right. You know. Um. My second album was was my man Barry White. Staying power. That was, <laughs> yes, sir. That was uh, 1999, and he Ooh. did he did a few remakes, but I mean it, it was such a a slip on album, man. I just I used to just chill out to that because you know Barry White always been my dude since the 70s because he was the big teddy bear. Mm-hmm. You know, after that, uh, after that, uh, secret gar- garden, 
kind of put him back on a little bit, huh? Because was, yeah. was he a little silent in the 80s? Well, well, no. He had. I'm, I'm looking at his discography on my hard drive right now. He had from 80, 81, 89. Yeah, he had three albums in the 80s. But I, and, I, don't, uh, I remember uh, a massive push after that Secret Garden. Like, well, well, after doing. after practice, what you preach. Yeah, you know. Then, then they came back. They they featured him on Secret Garden. Was that uh, Levert produced that? Which one? Yeah, Gerald Levert. Yeah, practice what See, you uh, preach. Practice what you preach. Yeah, you can hear it. You can hear yep. it all over. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, but get, get, getting back to staying power, you know, he. One of my favorite songs on that album was "The Longer We Make Love," with, and he featured Lisa Stansfield on that album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he yeah. did a remake of "Low Rider" with War, and he did a. Uh, he slowed down a version of a uh, uh, Sly Stone. Thank you for letting me be myself. Mm. Slept on album. Slept on. And then my my, uh, my third album is uh, one of my favorite bands. It's Cameo. It came out in 1983, the Style album. Yeah. That was an album that you could just let run too. You know, you it was it was the start of their uh electronic age mm-hmm. and man you had like i said they did some some remakes uh they did a remake of a elvis presley song i can't help falling in love with you which which uh larry blackman spills his guts on this track man on the but style so, album? It, yeah, on the style album. But, but you know, they had a little jazzy feel, the aphrodisiac. The first track on there, the aphrodisiac, is like a jazzy soul album. Then they come with that funk, this life is not for me. And then they go back to their jazz. You're a winner. Man, slow moving was, was one of our big cuts on the west side. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they, they close it out with a track from... Uh, with uh uh with with Tony I mean Tommy Jenkins called Heaven Only Knows. Classic man. If y'all get a chance, y'all check that album out, man. What's your what's your favorite joint on there? The whole album. <laughs> <laughs> really, really. Uh it's hard. It's hard. Like I, like I said yesterday, I, I can't pick a favorite because that was that was around the time we had our band. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we were doing a lot of that stuff, you know. I think if I had to pick one, I think I'd say you're a winner because uh, uh, that was like Charlie Singleton was killing that cut then. Yeah. 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 Larry. Yeah. <laughs> the electric drums. Then you got so this uh, is right like, before they switch over. Like there was still there was five. They had watered the band down, but it was still five. Okay, the keyboardist Tommy, uh, uh, Nathan Leftinant, the the trumpet player uh, uh, Charlie Singleton, Gregory Johnson. So this this one this before they went straight electronic. 
Yes. This was in in between their phase of electronic. They was they was moving toward that way. Oh, okay. You know. Classic album, man. When you guys get a chance, listen to it. Just let it run. I'm gonna let it run tonight. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna up. go back and check it out too. That's what's up. I'm gonna let that run tonight. So you come on with yours, bro. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with some new ones that you know my basement flooded, so I had to throw on some music. <laughs> my, my uh my first one is is Tony Thompson's uh Tony Thompson solo album when he oh, left High Five. Yeah, when he left High Five. <laughs> Man, that album. I listened to it today again. It only had one song that I would skip. And after listening to that song, I used to always skip it. It was My Sharia Moore that uh, the characters remade. And I listened to it for the probably for the first time all the way through. And that's a jam. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but I was that album, I don't understand. They put a lot of money in that album because the producers on that album was Puffy, mm. Devontae, Wow. Mm-hmm. Joe. Young Timberland. Uh, Teddy Riley. Wow. Babyface. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Hollister. Wow. Uh, the characters. I'll be sure that he had. I was like, man, they put a lot of money in the production and they only put out one single. So each one of them have, had a track that they, that they produced. Yeah. It was like it, a big producer on every joint. That's what... Um, so I was thinking about it today. I was like, they put a lot of money into the production, but I think Giant, uh, the label he was on, Giant, uh, wasn't doing their artists too well around that time. Right. That's that's one of them. The second one I, I threw on was uh, Cut Close first album. Oh. Man. Mm. Lisa Page, the lead singer in Cut Close, is probably one of my favorite female singers. Athena Cage. Athena Cage, man. She is bad. That album, I, I could play that one all the way through. It, it, it got a heavy Keith Sweat, you know. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Them. So music was changing around that time. You know, R. Kelly was, was big. Um, the lyric lyrical content was changing around that time. So um, songs like um, Freak Me Baby from Silk. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, lyrics just started changing from love to just straight sex. freaky. Yeah. yeah, straight sex. Yeah, they started getting straight to the point. But um, <laughs> Athena Cage is probably one of my favorite um, female singers from. And know, she I never did. She never did nothing. Being up under Keith Sweat, she never yeah. did nothing. She got one solo album that never came out. I don't think, but I end up getting it when the when the Napster was heavy. I end up finding a, her unreleased album, and she got like a couple joints on there, but it was it was kind of too late. It was like uh-huh. early, early 2000s or something. But um, she's she's definitely dope. And my third one, new one, is uh, is Joe, Joe's first album. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh. The all oh. 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 Finally, album man. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Man. Joe has some cuts on that album. That whole, the whole album. album. Yeah, that, yeah, just let yeah. it run. Just let it run. That uh finally back is my joint on there, but he won't sing it either. I try to get him to sing it all the time. He won't sing it. I love it. 
He don't do nothing from that first album, do he? No, I interviewed Joe, and that was the song I wanted him to sing to me. He was like, I don't even know the lyrics to that song. Oh, I don't even sing Joe. that song no more. I was like, that's why. That finally back. I probably played that, that about a million times. Man, if loving you is wrong, though. So in love with man. Yeah. What's on your mind? That All album. What's on your mind? Yep. That yeah, first one is underrated. It's interesting you say that because at that time period, it was Joe's album I was playing, Blackstreet's first album, mm-hmm. uh, wow. Don Patterson's first album, and Janet. Oh, like and it, the cassette that, that was that, rotating in my car. Hey, you, you just said an underrated first album. That Janet first album, Lord have mercy. Man. Love me today. Oh Man. my gosh. Every song. Every song. Get me off mm. get you off my mind. That song. Right, right. off my mind. Ooh. <laughs> off my mind. And they went jazz on that cut. They dropped it on their third single by their third single, I think, but uh you couldn't tell me nothing about sending my love when I first put that tip in. Like I knew uh mm-hmm. was the jam was the song that was out and it was hot. But when I yeah. first heard that sending yeah. love, that yeah. jumped out at me like, hey, 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 remember me? Like, look, I'm hot. I was like, whoa. Yeah, that was hot. That was hot. Oh my gosh, yo. Love it. Anybody love got it. some uh anybody got some extra joints they want to throw in there? Underrated? Yes. Come on, Cheryl. I I got one, maybe two. I got two thoughts. I'm talking about real quick. Usher, Usher. Go ahead. Which one? Usher. Um, first, the first album. Well, how many ways and all that? And Coco, Hot Coco album. Yeah, that Coco album was banging. Sunshine and and uh, the other Roddy Jerkins song that was just and every time I close my eyes, like man, come on, Coco vocals was prolific on that yeah. album. <laughs> like, well, that Usher, uh, how many ways? And just so many ways to say I love you. That song was so. He was he young. Was, he was. He was. He was still a kid, wasn't he? Yeah. That was. That was. Uh, think of you was on that joint. Yes. Yeah. 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 So my he was like was 15, 16, wasn't he? Had to be. Like All the time I think of you, don't know what I'm. Sure. That's the ones you had. Okay, hold on. Uh, so the extra ones that I had, I would go um, that I um, Rasan Patterson's uh, debut album, which I mentioned I was playing during the time of Joe, uh, nineteen ninety seven. Um, <laughs> and I'm just a, a diehard Rasan Patterson. <laughs> huh? Spend the night, come over. Would you say? Stay on. Oh, oh my. <laughs> Man, Roxanne, you gotta hear this. Christian put me on to this. You gotta hear this. Song. <laughs> and I heard that that sitar. <laughs> and his vocals? What? Dude. Ridiculous. And that, um. Yeah. Come on, man. That's my- I got that man. I'd be in love with him. That's so cold. That's so cold. 
Keep crouched. Absolutely. With that, um, the thank, the thank you. Mm. Oh my God. Mm. Everything. His his vocal, like Rasan Patterson's vocal ability on that song, like is just um incredible. Um my next uh underrated uh album that I have for you guys, um Donnie's the colored section. Oh Donnie. Donnie two thousand two. Wow. Which is considered like a neo soul like classic, classic. like yeah, classic. like a wow. classic, like hands down. Um in I ain't heard of that in the minute. Vocalist. Um, that is a distant relative of uh Marvin Gaye, but just conscious neo soul. I mean, just incredible, incredible, incredible album. Um, my my last one is uh, Liv Warfield. Mm. Her uh, mm. new album is called Embrace Me. Mm. Um, full of hits. Full of, full of, full of, full of, full of hits. Um, I decided. I decided. That was my jam. I that was my my jam. All I decided. That was oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> that was a joy. Do you guys? You guys know? You familiar with Lil? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I know. You familiar with Lil? I never listened to her album though. I'm not. I'm getting education right now. Okay. Let me. Let me. Let me say something so, real quick, sure. I'm, I'm just. Um, sure. I was in Atlanta. Sure. What was our little venue right mm-hmm. there in the in the back of uh? in the back of the varsity. I can't remember the venue, but it was a little hole in the wall club. I, right, I can up, picture it. right outside yes. of, uh, of, the, I mean, right directly in the back of the varsity. Yes. And uh, me and Edwin, as a matter of fact, we go in there one day and Brian McKnight and Liv Warfield are sitting at the piano. Mm. And they mm. did, this was a spot where you could go and, and play your new music and preview your u- new music. Nice little hole mm-hmm. in the wall club. But you could go in mm-hmm. there and you could see any artist that was oh, hot was back in the day. A, a the, Apache, 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 Apache. The Apache Cafe. Well, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. But you, Apache. Apache, because it used to be Ictar Cafe. Yeah. 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 So me and Edwin go in there one day and, and Brian McKnight sitting at and, and and live sitting on the side of him. They just riffing, and the crowd is going crazy. It probably was 150 people in there, mm. but man, just a phenomenal set, acoustic set. And we was like, man, who is this chick, man? <laughs> no. like, let me let me throw this in here. Let me throw this in about Liv. Um, she's from Peoria, here in Illinois. Um, and the first Soul Sweet Live concert that we did from our show um, was Liverpool in 2008 at uh, Austin's. Uh, Ooh, video that- recorded the show, put it on YouTube, and that's how Prince found her performing at Austin's from wow. Soul Sweet Live. 
Wow. That's how she got with Prince. Wow. So and she only had the first album out, Embrace Me. Yeah. Absolutely. Didn't get to Prince, though. But yeah. um, uh, she put on a phenomenal show. Very talented. Very talented. I'm so that's I'm it. That out tonight too. Yeah, Barry, you said you had another one. Yeah, I'm gonna blow you guys' minds. I mean, I, I, this one, is, this one was like right at the new millennium, though. But the album was so doggone phenomenal. You could just let it run, and I know y'all, y'all remember, got dog. He only did one album too, Remy Shan. Oh. Ooh. Remy Shane. That's uh that's that's Dang, young Shuggy, that that's young Shuggy Otis. Uh-huh. And when when when, <laughs> when that take a message dropped, man. When that take a message dropped, yeah. and then I met, yeah. I met your mercy. Damn. Where is this dude at to this day? That's that's that was young Shuggy Otis to me. Young Shuggy <laughs> Otis, yep. You got it. Oh, just cra- I got one more. Nineteen ninety-three. This album was it, it. It didn't get no. It played a couple of cuts. Jodeci, man, Diary of a Mad Band. Man, monster. Please, please, monster. Dude. Diary Dude. of a Mad Band didn't get the the props that they did from that first album. They actually said this album was a flop, man. Yeah. I think they was going through that. That's the time they was going through that management thing between uh, Uptown and uh, Messing with Suge now. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was like right around the time that uh, 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 Above above the Rim came out right around that time. And they, they featured them on that track. And, and Puff didn't yeah. like that. Yeah, they was. Uh, I think Suge was trying to take over their management at yeah. the time from yeah. uh, from whoever they had, and um, they stopped promoting the album. I think yeah. they did two videos after Fiend, and I think they stopped promoting it. Man, one of the baddest albums ever. But what about us on that? Hey, I got one that that tries uh, for you. Yeah, keep keep going, man. Cause I got one that I want y'all to comment on because I when I saw Unsung and they said this album was done, I about lost my mind. But it is oh here it goes. Yeah, I was right. Nineteen ninety nine, Mint Condition, Life's Aquarium. Yeah, that's oh. my joke. Oh my goodness! Come on, yeah, it, didn't, it didn't do nothing. Come on, that man. album didn't do nothing. Pretty Lady by Charlie Wilson. Charlie Wilson. You got Stokely and Charlie Wilson. Yeah. That's like having like yeah. TV and way on the same. Charlie, Charlie hadn't blowed back up then either. <laughs> they, no. they, was, they was just starting to picture him. They, they, they were just starting to feature him. You know, yeah. Oh my gosh. When I saw that unsung and they was like that album didn't do too well, I was like, "Why not?" We used to play that much, like it was the hottest thing on the streets. If you like, love the the yeah, if you love me was d- pain and pleasure. Wait, this damn minute, yeah. My gosh, wait a minute, the funk, the funk though, touch that, touch my body. 
Man, come on, dude. Like, how how could that mid condition album not be? What was y'all doing? Like MCA, what was y'all doing? Whoever was promoting that album at the time, what was y'all doing? What was y'all thinking? They let that album die after "If You Love Me." Yeah, Carrie had enough to do by that time too, didn't he? Yeah, he had left. Him and Tony Braxton was married by that time too, wasn't? Yeah, he had left already. I think. Oh, okay. I think he left after the second album, after uh, You Send Me Swinging, that album. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. My favorite. And the love on there, yeah. Like, I got uh, one. Um, I got one that um, popped up, um, Intro's first album. Yes. Yes. I, I, did, I wanted to put that on the list, but I had no idea if that was underrated, overrated or not, because the way we played it and the way we listened to it, First of all, Kenny G. Love Green. Muggs ain't giving him enough props as far as his writing skills. As far as, like, that intro starting the first Mary album and the stuff he yeah. wrote. Oh, man. Kenny G. Love Green. Come inside. Huh? Come inside. Yeah. yeah. Come go. Uh, that whole Green. side. That whole side of that tape. Yeah. That yeah. slow side was ridiculous. The Ribbon in the Sky remix, I was just listening to that the other day with the, the, the breakdown with the vocal arrangements and the, yeah. I mean, dude, Kenny G. Love Green pen was so prolific. I, I bet you if you find it right now, it'll burn your fingers. That dude's writing skills is high. Like, intro stuff was so dynamic in the way, like the, the tonality of the voices, how they blended together. And where they placed their backgrounds, man, yeah, his, his, his vocal production was nasty. It was lush. Thick. For sure. It was like listening sure. to an R&B version For of the sure. You had all of them groups that kind of like sounded alike, though, at that time. UNV. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cry No More. And, you know, all, all of them cats were sounding alike. They was trying to copy them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Man, like, that's another thing. Like I said, like I, I always say, when you get a song, like when Luther remakes a, a Till You Come Back to Me or um, the song that he took from the fast song that made, like people don't understand, like Superstar is an old folk rock song that's super fast in its, in its originality. They don't really realize that mug is like, really like, don't you believe that you told me you love me, baby? Like, it's really that. <laughs> and took it and slowed it down and, you don't even recognize the original because Luther remade Absolutely. So when he did that to a song that you would do not forget that it's Stevie Wonders. Right. Like, you will forget that ribbon in the sky is Stevie Wonders. But you will remember that this intro group remade it and made you think twice about, like, hey, uh, I know this is Stevie, but can I, can, can I hear that intro version, too? Like, <laughs> last night, man. <laughs> Kenny Green was extremely talented and underrated. Super under the skills. It's interesting because I had him as one of my alternatives, but I thought it would fit better under another topic we were gonna do as underrated like producers and stuff like that. Yeah. So I I didn't say it, but all the oh, hits you could use him then too. Definitely got to be. Yeah, he was a monster. He My was, last yeah, he was. the um the one I said the other day was uh Renee and Angela 
Three um, yeah. yeah. Desire album and the um, what was the other one I, I had? Uh, George Benson. Um, the George the George Benson album with the Rod Temperton cuts. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I went and listened to those yesterday. That the, the y'all was uh, very very. With everything that y'all said, I I listened to yesterday. <laughs> Give me tonight. Love times love. Yeah. Man, what really blew me away, and I thought about I thought about it was the Mo Better Blue soundtrack. Oh yeah. I put my headphones on there, man. Even though yeah. Sydney was an actress, man, she blew Harlem Blues, man. That's one. That was my joint on there. That was my joint on there. Yeah. That was a bad. Yeah, that was. Um... Yeah, I, I agree. You know what? When you uh, when Ronzel said ads songs and uh, albums I'm just like okay you just made it really hard for me to be able to choose but that album and that movie at that time yes. just incredible incredible for the night was that now playing uh, this this is off topic a little bit after watching that uh I watched that Miles Davis documentary that's on Netflix is really good okay. and then I was thinking about Mo Better Blues I'm like is this is this the the story of Mo Better Blues kind of a yes I thought so too a little side story like a little off Miles Davis like what they just a little to. bit I would I would say it would have hints of Miles but you figure all of them cats in the nineties you know that that's when the the reprogression of jazz came yeah. Yes. You know, so you had like went went and went and Terrence Blanchard. Yeah. Uh, Smitty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh Bradford. Mm-hmm. You know, and and, and and uh 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 what's his name? And all of them on one album. Like that that was a heavy hitter. That was all they was all on the Mo Better Blues? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Marcellus, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the similarities. Like he didn't use the drugs in that album. That you know, Miles when he started falling off in the uh, '80s, I guess. Um, but he used the women yeah. as the you know, as the drug. Yeah, yeah, in the movie to where, he, yeah. and then he got beat up and couldn't do his music no more. And I, what made me think about it was when um, in the documentary Miles Davis was playing, and the dude had to take over for him. Because he couldn't play. Yeah. Uh, in the uh, I forget the dude who was who started playing, and it was on uh, it was on a TV show or something. Was he on the show? Kenny Garrett. Yeah, it was. Uh, they was live. Yeah, yeah, he had to come in and save him. Lightweight. Mm. Um, while he was playing, <laughs> and that reminded me of Mo Better Blues when when uh Wesley had to come in and save uh. Mm-hmm. Denzel, yeah. when he was messing up, bleak, uh, bleak, yeah. bleak. <laughs> when he was messing up, so like y'all said, there's probably some similarities in there. Uh, he probably used some, some stuff from a lot of jazz musicians around that time. Because uh, a mm-hmm. cold train story is got some stuff. Uh, yeah, that's a deep story too, though. 
similar, but um, Cold Train, uh, Charlie Parker's story. That's the, yeah, these cats was so prolific mm-hmm. ahead of their time as far as that avant-garde jazz. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. They were part of that time when they were sneaking in the bathroom to shoot up. Yeah. And I think that's when they created some of their best work is when they was high. You know, but which is unfortunate that it has to yeah. go down that way. Yeah. And the with Charlie Parker, what you call, um, you know, I, I like all the older. I listen to a lot, a lot of that older stuff. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the Birdland stuff. Yeah. Um, Shaka Khan did a song with them when she redid. She everything, the bebop melody. The Night Tunisia, the melody still lingers on. Yeah, it still lingers on. Oh my gosh, Maurice played that for me one day in the studio, and I like ran out the studio because like some of the riffs on there with the bass, the synth bass coming in with the original horns and all this other stuff, and then her vocals on that, and the changes on that, I was like, this is like one of the most things, but. I want to ask y'all about this here. Because the only reason, like, this album wouldn't have made it to the table because it's on the cusp of the air because it's 79 and it didn't make quite 80. But the album is Keep the Fire by Kenny Loggins. Loggins. Yeah. Hmm. Kenny. He was sold, man. He he was sold back then, you know. (laughs) And And a lot of the white counterparts really didn't accept him, though. For real? Yeah. That's, uh, uh, what was my jam? That's around the time him and Loggins Messina was doing their thing, and they came came out with uh, Pathway to Glory, which is a big stepper set, I mean, a big stepper's cut. Mm. Yeah, that Loggins Messina came out right after this in 80. Um, This is the album with This Is It, this is uh, it. Yeah, I was a freshman. Who's Ooh. right? Yeah. Now you figure. Now you figure. How many times has this has it been sampled? Dang. That's great. Great song. Now I sampled it the best. Yeah. Now I killed it. He killed it. And I had to go back and find out who did that joint. Like, where did he get this from? And then Rosel was like, "Remember that Nile song? Here's the original." And I heard it like, because the song by Michael McDonald, and I really love Michael McDonald. You know what I'm saying? They were all moving together around that time, though. Yeah, they wrote mm-hmm. it together. Matter of fact, Michael McDonald wasn't originally going to give Kenny Loggins that song. His yeah. sister gave it to because he yeah. was coming to make some music. And his sister said, that's the song that you need to give to Kenny Loggins. And he said, my sister don't ever pay attention to nothing I do. <laughs> he said, he was upstairs cleaning and heard that song. And when she knew she was coming over, he was like, Kenny was at the nose. She was in the living room cleaning. And she heard me play that song. It was like, you need to get at him. <laughs> that song is that song is the one, and he was mm-hmm. giving a bit of it. Like it wasn't gonna be the song that he gave it to Kenny Loggins because good enough. And I remember seeing a uh, live version of it. He was like in this outdoor, like woodsy kind of stage. Mm-hmm. Did a live version of it where he kind of slowed it down and put some. Oh my gosh! I, I did you know? Because my first introduction to Kenny Loggins was Footloose. So when you get your first in the footloose, it's like, okay, that's a good movie song. You ain't know about 
these joints and this dude really had like these type of vocals you know what i'm saying like for me at that time it was just michael mcdonald because he and did he, labelle and and uh what's the tap there gregory hines who's another underrated artist as a singer i, I like him. listen to this and he co-wrote the doobies jam didn't he yeah yeah he did a, i mean all of them was was clicked up the doobies steely dad uh Loggins and messina they always clicked up. So a lot of that stuff, Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins wrote like on that Asia album. Yeah. That's that, most of that is, is, is Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald. That peg is a jam. Man, hey, hey bro, that whole album, bro, that Asia album. The whole I, named my daughter, yeah. I named my daughter after that album. That album was so prolific in my life. And anybody that knows me and knows my daughter, Asia, She'll tell you, my daddy named me after an album. Mm. That album was so prolific in 1976 when I was growing up. I used to sit on my cousin's stairs. And they were much older than me. But they would listen to that good music and they were all crossed over, you know. So they, they, they would, you, 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 I could sit on the stairs and, and be ear jacking, like you said, bad. And I would hear anything from, from Steely Dan to, I think I think a uh, Boogie on Reggae Woman had just dropped. Uh, mm. Fame had just dropped from 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 uh, David Bowie. David Bowie. David Bowie. Yeah, they would they would be upstairs jamming and smoking. You know that's that was their thing. Seventy six. Right. Yeah, but but I'm big on the big crossover. I, I, you said it, Jim. I, I love Michael McDonald too. Yeah, he's bad. Real quick, real quick, real quick on on, on the trivia side of y'all. So, y'all know, everybody know on that fame album with David Bowie, right? That Niles Rogers was highly involved in there. Well, mm -hmm. do we famous black artist was very instrumental in putting together his vocals? Come on, man. Me. Everybody know that boy. I'm the well, Lake yeah. County Luther, bro. Huh? I'm the Lake County Luther. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You know I know what I'm talking about. Listen to that Young Americans album. That's all Luther. <laughs> I just read Luther's, uh, I just read or listened to Luther's uh, autobiography. And that mob was making so much money as a background singer and and uh, doing uh, jingles, that he did not have to do an album. I think the first album he did with his own money, cause yeah. nobody really wanted to sign him and give him creative control. He had one of the baddest slow cuts ever on that first album. He wasn't even Luther Vandross then; he was just Luther, and he and he had Paulette. Paulette, uh, uh, is that the Never Too Much album? Huh? No, Never Too Much. Got an album before that. He got an album way before that. When he was when he was in the group, the group was called Luther. Oh, change, change, no, change. No, 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 no. Just search Luther. Like, I think nineteen seventy six. Nineteen. Okay, his, his that Christmas song at Christmas time. Mm -hmm. That was early seventies. He did that. Mm. Early seventies. Timeless song. Uh, uh. Y'all remember the second time around? Yep. Yeah. That's Luther. That's that's his. Band Luther, that was the name of his band. He had he had Tawatha AG singing background. Uh, uh, I I can't Fonzie Thornton. 
Uh, who else was in the group? Paulette, I can't. I, Paulette McWilliams. Uh, a young Lisa Fisher. Mm. All of, all of them was was clicked up with Luther back in the seventy before change. Be, before uh, uh, everything that he that he did after never too much, but he had an album before. Actually, he had two albums if I'm not mistaken. Because I'm gonna tell you what now if. I did, if I'd known the status of this album, this would have been on my underrated list. And that would be that Busybody album. Oh. Uh, make Me a Believer, I love that. I love, like, that song right there. It's like, I was listening to it, like, a couple days ago in the car coming out the grocery store. Like, I just the, the arrangements on the vocals and the arrangements in the track and how they really accompany each other they drag out at the right time they speed up at the right time and that album has superstar until you come back to me believer that make me a believer yeah shoot the, 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 the lyrics make me a believer the lyrics right that was some smoky stuff on that on that type of song man. Whoa. one of the baddest keyboardists ever not Adderley Jr. Uh -huh. Mm -hmm. Man, was his guy. I'm gonna give y'all something to look at, man. Uh, uh, if you ever get a chance to see Luther's concert from Wembley Stadium, mm -hmm. oh yeah, I saw it. When he does, when he does, superstar, and he let him and go solo the stage and let let my man play the solo. Just, he played for about four minutes, didn't he? Yeah, he killed it, man. Definitely have to check that out tonight. Yeah, bro. Live from Wembley Stadium. That'll be a definite check out. A definite check out. <laughs> that busybody album, man. I can't tell you how many countless times I just go up and, and that make me a believer popping my head. I'm just like, uh-uh. Gotta get it. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> that song gets ridiculous. I, just I, the, the lyrics and the music, the blend. Oh my gosh! Yeah, those. Incredible. Let me see. From from never too much, probably till the night I fell in love. Oof. All of them albums you could let run. All of them. You could just let them play. Absolutely. Absolutely. All of them. But that was guaranteed for Luther. Yeah, of course. It was guaranteed. Whatever. Oh. Whatever. Not like, uh, what what uh who said Luther started crossing over to the Pop Tart charts? Is that Martin? Martin before he started crossing over to the Pop Tart charts. <laughs> that was Martin. Yeah. And that's only because songs like Here and Now just blew just went through the hemisphere. Like here, here and now caught on like a brush fire. <laughs> just, I, mean, I hated that song, bro. <laughs> Did you? Yes. Because they played it too much, or you just didn't? It was a great song. And every wedding, sure, you remember I was a wedding singer. Yes. <laughs> every mm -hmm. wedding singer wanted that song sung at his wedding. I was like, man, I mean, if this is what I got to pay bills, okay, I'll sing it, but I hate this song. You know, <laughs> I, I I think the album when he started crossing over was um, when that song he had in the soundtrack to give me a reason. Give yeah, me a reason. That, that was yeah. I think after that it was okay. We could we could start crossing over to these charts, 
over here. My boy, that, 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 that speaking of that sound, that, that song that he did with Gregory Hines, though, man, yeah. Greater Than Love. That's yeah. nothing better than love. That was on that album. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Cause then man. after that, after that album was like um, any love, and then uh, ooh, ooh. all of that crossed all that crossed over. Crossed over. Yep. I can make it better. Uh, uh, the song that he did on the Mo Money soundtrack with him and Janet, the best yeah. thing. Life free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that was crossing over. What was uh, "Love Won't Let Me Wait"? Uh, the album he just said. Uh, the last album he said. Uh, Any love? Yeah. That's when we went back to this so because that was a major Harris song. No, it was a major Harris or Buddy Siegler, one of them, but. He took that song and did it better than they than they did. Mm. You know, think so? The major Harris. Love won't let me wait. Mm. Major Harris did. was that dude. Man, when the, when the when the when the girls break it down. Wait. That was the arranger, Luther's arrangement. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Man, that was that, 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 ridiculous. Hey, did anybody put up Brian Me Nice first album with After the Love going on here? I did the second album. Second album was the jam. I did the second album. I remember you. That the second album, album was cold, man. Hey, that second album was cold. The trio's in the middle, though, Zell. After the Love is Gone, One Last Cry, and Never Felt This Way. Them three songs alone. I don't even need to hear nothing else. <laughs> is this the way love goes, huh? Is this the way love goes? That was the joint. Yeah. Oh, oh the way. Yeah. This the way love oh, he goes. killed. He killed that. Yeah. He killed that. Yeah. Yeah. That was his first thing. That was his first song ever, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, for real? They came up. That was. His- the first single, I think. Nice album. I'm the second song off that CD. But man, when I heard "After the Love Is Gone," dude, his vocals on there is just first. The, his vocals on there is just the main thing. But the, the the I don't know. I think it's the lyrics. It's the lyrics and the vocals to me. Like that's one of the few songs that like like um mm-hmm. like make me a believer. Where you know you hear them lyrics and you just like they just golden. But then his oh, yeah. His high register on that uh, on that thing and the way he did his thing and that's when you kind of see like that 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 special vibrato that he has in his and his his high pitched tone that he's able to like really work with and control. Um, it I don't know that song after the love is gone is one of my favorite songs. Period. Here, here's that joint from Barry album. Come on, wait, go. Come on, man. You know, I'm not very big on runners. People who run a lot. Yeah. But Brian does it well. Brian has some runs that is for He top five. He top man. five easily. I'd be like, man, where you running to, man? <laughs> but his run were, 
his runs are melodic and that's yeah. why it works. You know what I mean? It's just not a straight run. It's just, I mean, it's lush melodies yeah. and it's one voice. It's like, how does that come out of one voice? Right. Yeah. That's going to be one of our side topics. That's yeah. going to be one of our side topics. The best, the best, the best ad libbers and runners oh. for, uh, females and males. This run on crazy love. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me breathe new life into this lonely heart of mine. Yeah, like, what? Where you oh. that, Mine is that shoulda, coulda, woulda. Oh, yeah. oh my god. <laughs> yeah, he man. <laughs> I could just play that repeat over and over because I just can't quite get enough of that melody, like. <sighs> at, the, at the end of that, your love is ooh, he go off. That concludes our podcast today. Soul music in my system, underrated albums of the eighties and nineties. Till next time.